always tempting for an evangelical like myself when we have a reading from Romans pop up in the lecture uh, to preach on that. We're always quick to talk about, yeah, grace, faith, and it's all true and it's all very important. But today, I think we have uh, an issue that needs to be addressed. And honestly, maybe an active pastor malfeasance if I didn't. So I want to talk with you about the human heart and the injustice. The sermon will begin with stark simplicity. The challenges we currently face of race, equity, justice, should have been resolved over a century and a half ago. Should not have waited till today. This is our national shame. May God forgive our country and offer us repentance and genuine amendment of life. I don't need to reverse the events of the past few weeks. We all know about policemen, misconduct, black lives taken, peaceful protests, and violent riots and the refocusing of our nation's attention on the basic line of equity in our lives. There are plenty of people on the news and government and social media and workplaces, bars, and yes, even churches, casting a lot of blame and shame and anger in defense and offering simplistic solutions to complicated issues. Issues of race and law enforcement and economics and big government, small government and education and justice and corruption. All these will be raised and all debated. And, and surely most views will have at least some reasonableness to them. But brothers and sisters, the problem is ultimately not about this. I do not for a minute suggest that practical solutions not tried. Efforts are underway by leaders in the black as well as white community to create better understanding between the people of our nation and to redefine what justice and equitable law enforcement should look like. And I encourage you to get involved in promoting justice for all and especially for people of color. It's important. We must not do nothing because inaction is complicit. But, and this is a crucial question, but that will not solve the fundamental problem underlying the inequities and violence in America, let alone the rest of the world. The fundamental problem, my friends, is the human heart. The prophet Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? We read in Genesis that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We see same today in our modern false prophets, those who preach the so-called prosperity gospel, the list of these sins is astonishing. They are those the Apostle Peter said actually train their hearts to seek after wealth 
at great expense of others. The violence and anger of the past few weeks are symptoms, terrifying symptoms of the disease of the human heart, which the Bible calls sin. In our culture, we talk about the heart as representing our emotions, our pain, our pleasure, our passions, our desires. In both the Old and New Testament, the heart does represent those. But also much more. It is a symbol of all that makes us human. The heart is the seat of human consideration of good and evil. The place where self-control or the lack of it takes place. Where intentions and plans are made, faithful commitments to God are undertaken or rejected. Where theological and philosophical reflection and hopefully understanding occur. Sin effects, or perhaps I should say impacts, each of these activities of the heart. Sin is not a mere human fallibility. It is anything that falls short of God's standard of righteousness. Anything. Since the first trespass against God, sin has brought death and destruction Sin is always the result of choices, either ours or somebody else's. Even to say that hurricanes happen because we live in a fallen world is to acknowledge that someone somewhere along the line, made a choice to abandon God and seek death. All humans, including us, are sinners. We're all guilty of rebellion against God. All of us have laid the lash to Jesus' back, thrust thorns into his brow, drove nails into his hands and feet, lifted him on the cross, pierced his side, mocked him. All of us. Almost. This includes not just nation, not just individuals, but nations as a whole. God is sovereign over all the earth. He has the right to execute justice over nations, and does so. Indeed, the Gospel of Matthew tells us that there is coming a day when nations will stand before God and answer for their deeds. America nationally and individually, indeed all humankind, has a devastating heart problem. We suffer from coronary arteries blocked by an absence of empathy for others who are unlike us. We are plagued by congestive heart failure where justice and opportunity do not flow equally for all. We are diseased by a viral cardiomyopathy which attacks the muscles of the heart, robbing us of the strength to stand against evil. What do we do? Where do we look? Who should we blame? If our response starts with, if only they, if only he, if only she, or if only you, then that is a symptom of the sickness of our hearts. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the the Mount that profound 
kingdom-centered change, God-honoring change, begins when we look at our own sins rather than those of others. If only I, if only we, is where the healing of the heart commences. James tells us in the fourth chapter of his epistle, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And then he will exalt you. This is where we should be This is the state of heart that God intends for us. A kind of intensive chemotherapy of cancer of the heart where we are called into the pain of mourning and weeping for our sins, both as individuals and as a nation. Setting aside our silly pursuits of entertaining distraction, humbling ourselves before the Lord and trusting He will redeem us. In Chronicles 7.14, we read that people who are called by my name humble themselves Pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now I know, and there are several seminary educated people here, I know that this is about the nation of Israel as a dedication of the But I also know that God will honor any nation Many have challenged America to do this in our history. Men like our evangelical founding fathers, Patrick Henry, John Jay, Samuel Adams, and black Christian leaders such as Bishop Richard Allen, who founded the African Methodist Episcopal Church, or Mordecai Johnson, a Harvard-educated black pastor who was the first black president of Howard University, and Alexander Crummel, an Episcopal priest and professor who believed the church should not only be a place of worship, but a center for education and community welfare. Yes. Psalm 33:12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I do not believe we follow 2 Chronicles 7.14. If we follow that agenda that God gave to Israel, that he will turn his back on us. I am convinced that if we humble ourselves and pray and seek God and repent, then God will heal our nation. Humbling ourselves. Pray, seek, and repent. This is how God wants the Minneapolis and Detroit's and Atlanta's and Louisville's of America to be addressed. And this, my friends, must start in the church. For as the property Ezekiel tells us, judgment begins in the household of God. Brothers and sisters, what is the condition of your heart? What is the condition of my of all of our are we concerned about the kinds of people who are different than our kinds of people? Are we weeping and mourning 
over our sins, individually and corporately, as a church and as a nation? Are we repenting and turning from our wickedness and seeking after God? What is the condition of our hearts? Hard? Cold? Blind? Deaf? God can change that. He wants to heal us. He wants to heal our hearts and make them like his heart. Listen to the words of the prophet of Jesus. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my life's requirements. If you trust in Christ and turn to Him in repentance, then God can heal your heart. Imagine a nation of heart-changed people. Imagine a church filled with heart-changed people. Imagine yourself a heart-changed woman, a heart-changed man. Imagine. And by faith in Christ, all of this is possible. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But by God's grace, it doesn't have to stay that way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know the conditions of the hearts of man live. You alone know the secret and not-so-secret prejudices and bigotries which infect us. We are often not aware of them ourselves, or we are aware of them, and we just don't care. God gives us which are healthy and repentant, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, empathy, and courage. As the prophet Micah told us, give us grace to do good and what the Lord requires of us to do justice, to love kindness and walk humbly with our God. And as the prophet Jeremiah says, to do justice and righteousness, to deliver from the oppressor him who has been robbed of anything, to not oppress the foreigners living in our land, nor the orphans or widows, to not shed innocent blood, either through our action or our inaction. And may all of this be done, not for the glory of an individual, or of a group of men and women, or a cause, be it ever so noble, but all and only for Jesus Christ's sake. In the name of the Father.